Hello and welcome to uh, another episode of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Um, we're up to eight, episode eight. I was going to say eighty-seven. Then I'm 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 making this up completely. Episode seventy, I believe, gents. Nothing or... new there. <laughs> Tell me about it. I, I got I got thrown. I clicked start recording on Skype and it decided to take five minutes to start recording. Amateur hour from the start. This is going to be I a know. Good I think oh, the phrase is start as we mean to go on here, boys. <laughs> say things can only get better. Exactly. Well. <laughs> We'll let we'll come back to that at the end of the podcast and see if you still agree. <laughs> <laughs> so we are we are back talking about hockey. Um, we didn't know how long it was going to be after the last episode. In fairness, it was a bit of an unknown, wasn't it, going into the elite series? So that's all over and done with now. Uh, we're joined by a full roster today, gents. So, Mr. David Grant, hello. How are we doing? I was just thrown by Mr. David Grant. It was all very hello. formal. Been very formal. Uh, uh, not too bad, thank you. Um, Good. Good to. Uh, be around the uh, discussion table. That's a pretty successful elite series for the purpose of what it was for. Um, and good to see that your team won the series in the end, Joe. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's good to be uh, back around the table and uh, get the band back together, as it were. This is very true. This is very true. And I do have to say that, uh, Andy, your um, little prank that I don't know why it was aimed at me when Gref, that no, other way around. Gref, your little prank. I don't know why it was aimed at me when Andy was the one that put your face in the crowd. Backfired because the finals were a win-win for me. It was either a win for me or a win for my cardboard cutout. So, um, you know, hey-ho. But, uh, but yeah, very true. Nice to be back around discussing again, boys. We're also joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. How are we doing? Hey, up. Um, yeah, not so bad, thank you. How's everyone doing? Ah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Good. Sat in the middle of a thunderstorm. That's just a couple of days that don't seem to know what they want to do. So I feel like I'm sat in Manchester. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of Manchester, last but not least, we've got the toothless wonder himself, the man who was one person away from winning himself a free Steelers shirt. Um, (laughs) It is Mr. Gareth Dutton. Gareth, how are we doing? I'm good, thanks, Joe. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I mean, I, uh, that jersey would have been a, a Brendan Connolly one for our friend Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I unashamedly admit that when your face on the screen, when your face in the crowd came up on the screen, I left my chair and then very, very sadly sat down again when I realised it was the guy next to you. <laughs> but hey ho, I was. Do you know what? In fairness, the face in the crowd things worked a lot better than I thought, boys. I don't know what you guys think, but the amount of times that I saw either mine or Greth's face in the crowd was a lot more than I expected to. In fairness, I, I've never seen Greth smile so much. My stick must score. It was, it was, was one of the happiest Steelers fans. I, I, as well. <laughs> I thought that as well, Andy. Yeah. He's on the like the fact that the first time we saw Joe's picture, he was lent five woods. I've been to bunkers. Playoff experience. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the thing that I love the most is? Change. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't mess with tradition, mate. The um, yeah. In fairness, the the thing that I like the most is the the positioning of Gretz was so that every single goal that seemed to go in on that side of the ice, he was on the goal picture. (laughs) It was just (laughs) particularly when it was a goal picture of Steelers scoring against Manchester. It was just it was perfect. (laughs) The hardest thing was happy, and I wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. The hardest that thing might... was cut out so is um <laughs> you had to, um, had to take out the, uh, the the middle finger when that original photo was taken with Graf. So uh, <laughs> that's quite a challenge, but I think it worked out pretty well. 
it, it just goes to show that Graf can do hockey family. It was appropriate. It's so true. Uh, just before we carry on, guys, I just kind of want to jump in as a, a bit of a nod to... Uh, obviously, we're doing episode 17. I got uh, berated that we didn't get the chance to mention these on episode 69. So we'd like to kind of just have a section of the of podcast be episode 69 <laughs> part two. Uh Basically, it's, it's a shout out to... Um, uh, three guys from Edinburgh uh, who we all know who play for Edinburgh so we got an invite on to the, the Dropping Balls podcast uh, and they solely do it about ball hockey um, so they did a bit on this podcast so we're going to return the favour and if you are interested in any way shape or form give them a search on Spotify and all that lot but they now have a mention on episode 69 there you go part two done and dusted you can continue with episode 7 sir you're very welcome you, you, you <laughs> I'd much rather continue with episode 69 part two. In fairness, <laughs> I can see it being a um, an ongoing thing with us that appeals to the, the immature side of us that we just carry on and instead now just have yourself, episode David. 69 part 69. I mean, their last podcast anyway. I, what was it? Ball Ticklers. That's one of the team names for a ball hockey team. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think I've not seen anything as good as that time we were down in Lutterworth and the um the Skip oh, Rats spon- yes. sponsorships. <laughs> oh, what was it now? <laughs> I don't think it's one that we can repeat on here, in fairness, the way it was. Nah. <laughs> it was a brand of cider, memory says it right. It was. That was quality. More of a cooking um, version of cider, shall we say. <laughs> That's the the delicate way of putting it. I think. I think. I think we'll uh, we'll swiftly move on from that now before we get we head down that that kind of route. Um, we've alluded to the elite series already, gents. It's obviously all, all over and done with now. Um, I believe Andy was the only person to correctly predict. So, and in, in fairness, the only team that we didn't say was Coventry. I think between the four of us, and we weren't right to miss out Coventry. We were just wrong to say Manchester and Sheffield. Um, what do we think? Well, I'll throw it open. What do we think to the series? It served its purpose. And I'm not saying it as a dismissive manner. It gave a, first of all, gave the British players or those who are aware attaining to make the GB national squad ice time, plenty of ice time. Um, it gave them the chance to play some competitive hockey um, and it gave some imports a chance to put themselves in the shop window um, for the next season. And from what I saw of it, I enjoyed it. It was it was good to watch hockey. It was good to um, watch some form of competitive uh, games. I mean, you obviously missed you know the crowd participation and the like. And I have to be. I've got to say now, the the hockey players we had over so smart, so intelligent. Mm. The high scoring games, and not once did they hear from the crowd when to shoot. <laughs> I mean, you know, fair play to each and every one of them. Um, but on a serious point, I did like the amount of ice time that the British players did have. A bracket of them by um, design due to injury, but looking at some of the stats from the other players and everything, they all got meaningful time, power play time, penalty kill time. And it weren't just your normal ones that are your top line for GB, it was others that you wouldn't expect to see. Um, I just think overall, okay, you know, Nottingham won it. Well done. Um, but yeah, a great, great series for what it was intended for. It, it's not, you know, stand the cup lifting, get the open tour bus out and ride the city stuff, but it was good to have some hockey back. 
Yeah, I second that. It's good to have some hockey back. I mean, it's good to have hockey back for me in April. I've never really seen that in a very long time. Probably about 10 years or so. But, yeah, I'll say that before you say it, Joe. <laughs> I was going to say you got in there before me. <laughs> but it, the games that I watched, obviously I watched all these Storm games. I watched that 3-1 at the start with Panthers, Steelers after an issue with one of their servers. And to be fair, it was quite... Oh, this, I think every single game was that I've seen was pretty decent. I mean, there was a few that, obviously, for Storm, I was watching them. I'm like, okay, that this is actually pretty decent. And then I was like, oh, and there's the, the Storm I remember from last season or the season before. <laughs> Minus the, the fisticuffs, because we were actually, I think, we were one of the least penalised teams, which is a surprise. That's because Finner was on the bench just chirping to have everybody else penalised. True. <laughs> sure. I mean, I did some of the impacts that they came over. I think, or one, I think most of them, some of them are probably never going to come back into the Elite League because they're just that good. But it was actually really good to see them play, especially in like your own jersey. Like, I eventually won, obviously, the, 50, the shit off the back. So I got Clavis stats. Jersey, just for one reason, he's never really going to play for us again. I was tempted to go for Sir Ben, but I went for Clarissad just because he's never really going to play for us again and he was a top D man. Disappointed for me, Griff. I'm not going to lie. For, for what it was, it, it, it was it was great. It was everything I think everyone wanted. You know, the, the fans uh, got what they wanted, which was obviously to see hockey back, uh, which was the main thing. Uh, and then uh, obviously the, the GB guys getting so much ice stand that they're probably not even used to. So I'm sure they were out of breath quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, oh, no, but, this is not this is no dig, dig on the brace at all. You know, they've just not been given the chances that that they've that they deserve, and that was the whole point of the series. And you know, it's sprung a lot of surprises. I mean, Kieran Long. Uh, it's named one player out of a few. Absolutely fantastic. He was scoring left, right and centre. Uh, you had so many goalies like Gospel, Headley, Warburton, Churchfield. Just absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, again, these are players that you wouldn't really expect to see play many games. Obviously, like they've said, because of injuries, uh, things like that. It was their chance to, to show what they're made of. And they, they definitely did. Uh, some fantastic saves between all of them. And... Uh, like I said in, in uh, episode 69, okay, um, that, you know, it was just chances oh, that you wouldn't see many British players get. And uh, uh, just absolutely fantastic for them all. Uh, they played really well. And, uh, you know, the, the eventual win is Nottingham. They played it how it, how it should be played now because at the end of the day, every team's going to get that player place. So why not just use all that game time to to uh, get some chemistry between them to try things that you probably wouldn't do in a game that was on the line because that's when you get the best chemistry. You you, you try new things, you know, and uh, and I found a line eventually and they they just clicked and then that's what got them uh, to that trophy because you know there's no point in, in burning all your gas if if you've already got a playoff place uh, to start with. So just play your game, just just play it simple. Don't have to rush. You'll find your feet, and that's exactly what they did. They played it exactly how it should have been done. 
and uh, just fair play to them. And uh, one thing as well I'd love to mention is uh, the camera angles were fantastic and the whole uh, uh, international rule of reviewing every goal after it's scored just to make sure. I think that's fantastic. And again, with these camera angles that are available uh, in this series, it'd be great to see them used uh, uh, league-wide. And I think it would you know, just bring a, a, a bigger immersion, especially with uh, screens like Nottingham and, and Sheffield. Uh, and Sheffield and, and, and Belfast have. It'd be great to give fans that sort of angle that maybe they wouldn't have seen before. Uh, and it's a great chance to showcase that. So all in all, just absolutely fantastic. It was run well. A few, a few uh, issues with the streaming, but of course Nottingham's not very famed for its uh, for its streaming, is it? So uh, you know. Uh, yeah, and after seeing the webcasts, thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to chuck in on back in on Andy's point in terms of the British players, and I do want to kind of look at the goalies, not because being a goalie, but two two groups of goals I want to focus on is is obviously the GB guys and whistle and bounds, uh, and, and thankfully from a GB perspective, their games were split, although whistle took the, uh, the the most of the games and their stats was good and they you know they got good ice time and it weren't just bounds getting all the games and whistle getting lip service they did that superbly so it's, they're going to be busy in a few weeks time so it was good to see them get a share of the games I do want to give a, a good shout out to Churchfield and Warburton and that what I mentioned about by design because of Moose's injury it was kind of right you're going to have to play and by Christ did the pair of them not disappoint you know, you could say you look at the the stats. You say it's high goals against, but they were their first pro games, and you know what? Watching them, you go fair play. Warburton save against Coventry, and I think it's his first of the night, and you're just like, how the that was Ben Lee on the back door did, as well, wasn't it? Yeah, how the such a such word did he save that? Yeah, and oh, yeah. you're just like, oh what? And Churchill did similar saves. I know Headley had a couple of games uh, for Coventry, but in terms of the backups who don't get that chance to shine, Churchfield and Warburton did, um, and they did not disappoint. And so from a Sheffield perspective, the the net-binding pool has good potential. Um, they'll say themselves that there were some goals that they'd love to work on, but that is, that'll be with their development. They have got great foundations to work on, so think from that side. But also from a GP perspective, We've mentioned on the pod a few times, who is it likely to be that's going to be taking place of bounds and whistle? And I know that Clements of Coventry is the third goalie in the squad. Am I right in thinking, Graf? Edley. Is Edley. it Edley? Edley. Clements is a demon. Right, so, well, in fairness, <laughs> yeah. Just a Clements for some reason is made as a goalie. Um, but you have options now. And one of the, oh, my take is from the goals perspective, this series gave the goalies that chance to say, do you know what, we do have good stock in this country, and they showed. And you know what, if they don't, I'd love them to do this type of thing again next year, even on a smaller scale, but more to kind of give the uh, the Brits that won't be expected to get contracts the chance to shine to kind of a, let's call it a draft tournament, where they get the yeah. chance to get a, a contract, an apprentice contract with one of the teams in the Elite League. Um, because I just think this will actually it showcases what we do have. And actually, you know what? As a sport and as a, as a collective fan base, we're good at knocking ourselves down. We're good at saying everything's bad about British hockey. Oh, it's this, oh, it's that. But you know what? And some of the, some of the players who are non-goalies who play in the Sims, actually we've got a, good, a decent stock of players that are in and around the system. So fair play to the players who took part. Fair play to the GB guys who've got good points. You know, you look at Kirk, Dowd, Connolly, Pellini... 
who didn't start well because he was finishing his playoffs in Italy. Um, and obviously Hammond did well with 22 points. It, all in all, I think it was a success. And fair play to all the organisers who also did it well that there wasn't a single positive uh, COVID test. Yeah, 100%. Although that was questioned on a forum. That was, it was, it, we need an independent um, adjudicator to confirm that and not just take the Wheatley's word. Christ, I don't know why you do that, but I'm taking the word. You know, well done to them because you put, we see it with the bubble in the NHL playoffs last year. It's not easy to do. We saw it with the, um, the world champs and we had the bubble system Edmonton. They had a fair few issues. It's not easy to do. So to go a tournament like that, and bear in mind one of the teams wasn't based in Nottingham, so it was travelling back and forth. Their scenarios, well done, all involved. Yeah, that's it. You guys have hit the nail on the head. In fairness, like that was that was the key bit that came out of that was the fact that we had no positive COVID tests, and anybody who wants to hear an adjudicator is is quite literally clutching at straws. Um, nobody asked for a, an independent adjudicator to confirm it when the same thing came out of the NHL playoffs last year. I know that's a much bigger scale, but what? who's going to confirm anything different? You're not going to get any news out of it if they've gone to the efforts of putting it out that they've had no positive COVID tests. You're not going to get anybody else coming in and saying differently. Um, the scale of play was great. I mean, we saw some we saw some guys that, like you said, Gref, they're not going to come back to this league. They're not going to be playing back in this league. You know, seeing Sondre Olden in a, in a Steelers jersey, you know, and, and he took some he took some heat from Steelers fans on on the Orange Army page because maybe he wasn't scoring ten goals a night. But if you actually watch the skill that that guy had, there isn't a chance we're ever going to see him in this league again. That guy was seriously seriously skilled, and there were a lot of people like that that we got to see. Um, you got to see the players from our league that were were the imports as well that also got to step up. Tanner Eberle really really put put a um, a statement of intent out there for how he wants to carry on going forward for the Steelers. Um, Shane Owen, in fairness for me, had had some cracking games for Coventry, and at, at, at times even when the Coventry team in front of him weren't looking full full strength, you know he was looking great at, at the back of the uh, you know at the back of the lot and in between the pipes. But um, and then as you say, you come on to the Brit goalies, and you know Headley did a stellar job when he was called upon. Um, Churchfield did a stellar job when he was called upon. Out of the two, I have to say that I would have preferred to, for us to take Warburton going forwards over Churchfield. Um, there's one key thing for me on that, because I think there were pros and cons to both. The key thing for me is that Warburton's 19, um, Churchfield's 25. He's, he's the same age as Jackson Whistle now. So is he going to step in and be the next guy that's going to replace Bounds? Maybe, but he's not going to do it for very long. And I, I think that's the key thing. If you look at Warburton, he showed just as much potential, just as much talent. The kid tracked the puck so well. And, you know, for a 19-year-old that's, that's coming in and stepping between the pipes, his tracking of the puck the whole way through was fantastic. And that's where I think he got the advantage on on Churchfield there. So it'll be interesting to see how the Steelers move forwards with that in terms of whether they take both or, or how they progress with it. Um, and then you get whistle and bounds. And pounds... You know, had the uh, the game against Sheffield where he shipped however many goals in however many minutes, and that turned out to be as a result of the injury. But, you know, Whistle came in as a result of that. Whistle came in for the semi-finals and the first leg of the final. And there, there were, I've seen both arguments on Twitter, people saying that Whistle could be playing instead of Bounds at the World Champs. Nobody expects that to be happening. It's never going to happen. But what Whistle did was Whistle put a good statement out there for himself 
to give him the chance to play more games under GB. He showed GB that we could rely on him more than was maybe primarily thought because he's not always had the most ice time. Sheffield, he had maybe a bit of a tainted time there because it wasn't the best team that was in front of him as well. It wasn't the best performance. And then he went to Nottingham to kind of back up an import netty and didn't get that ice time. So it really gave him a chance to showcase himself as well after maybe a couple of off years or, or maybe not the best years for him to show what he can do. So nobody expects him to overtake bounds in that respect. But at the same time, you know, he's given Pete Russell something to think about when it comes to picking his next netminder or who he's going to play in this game. Maybe he's bumped himself up from one game to two. Maybe he's bumped himself up from two games to three, something like that. You know, it, they might give him more responsibility. Who knows? The the other the, the flip side to how we are moving forwards as well is there's not the there's not, not the pressure on GB to try and stay up. We've we've also got that, so maybe we'll try and give a few younger guys a bit more time, um, you know, and and kind of play a bit of both angles, put the best performance out that we can, but give the time to the other guys. Um, this is going to sound like a bit of a kind of Homer comment as a Steelers fan, but one guy that really impressed me above the rest that we saw was Josh Waller. Um, and he's really, really put himself high up on the target list for Sheffield to sign next year. I think he he was a fantastic addition to the team. Um, when Kirk got injured in that first game against Manchester, I think we put him on first line and he didn't look out of place at all. As in, literally, it took a tweet to realise that he'd been put on first line because it just looked like that first line was pulling as normal. Um, I'd agree but- with you there, Joe. It's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting seeing how it is moving forwards and I think if he plays like he has in that tournament for whoever he's playing for next season he's going to put himself on the radar as well for a spot on that GB squad next time round as well you know he's just missed out on it this time round but if he carries on playing like that then there's no reason why he shouldn't be on that roster next time round so. What did we uh, what did we make of I know that we've all kind of touched on the kind of um, the tech issues and things like that. What did we make of the the tech issues that they had at first and more so the way that it was dealt with by the league? Because I know that the league kind of caught some fire from some people saying they wanted X, Y or Z or they wanted a semi-final game. What did we think to the way they dealt with it? I think they pretty much dealt with it very professionally. I personally, it was like they noticed that they had a, a problem, tried to fix it, obviously couldn't fix it. So they're like, right, we'll just put it on another platform, let people watch it, because everyone, obviously, it was the first Nottingham Sheffield game, everyone's going to want that from you, both of your sides. And I was like, you know what? Even from my side, I was like, I'll watch it, it's fine. And then, I mean, Kelman's response after it, the day after, was spot on. He even said it himself using a an expletive that we won't use. <laughs> and it's like they know they've messed up, so they they're trying to fix that problem to make it not happen again. Mm. Which is fair play. Yeah, I've I've like what Gref said. You know, they dealt with it in a quick manner. They didn't fudge the subject they admitted they got it wrong and they offered a compensation package that was what the league thought was appropriate now as ever as fans we always want a bit more than what we should get um 
and then it allowed people to go, oh, I'm, there's a bit of buffering. I want a free game. Did you get that anyway? Um, I, you know, given it was the first time it was done in a kind of NHL-style game center pass type manner, uh, where it's one central base to cover all the all the coverage, I, I felt it was done well. Yes, there's things they could improve on. The camera angles were, were really good. It gave a great insight. Yeah. Um, it also helped with the reviewing of goals and the ability for goals to be, you know, washed off as we had with the offside goal. Um, you know, you'd have thought the bad things COVID's brought to the world actually brought a goal in the elite league washed off for offside. These things, you know, you take your silver line into everything. So I'm, I, I was impressed with what we had as a first time effort. If I did it again, you'd like to think they'll learn from the mistakes internally. Um, the production was, was was decent. I mean, it was the guys who do the the Steelers webcast, so you kind of know you're going to get a decent production. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it just if I do it again, I think a lot. Um, but like I say, if it ever happens again, at least they know what they've done already so far is a good base for to move forward with. Yeah, doing pretty well. Um, I mean, you know, they were very honest with everyone. They admitted they made a mistake and they could have done better. And, you know, they, they tried their best to make up for it and they offered things that, you know, uh, certainly I wouldn't have expected. Uh, just very open, very honest. The only one thing that I think was... Um, is, it's hard to word it, but one thing that I think was a little bit wrong was the pricing for the playoff structure i think that could have been a bit cheaper um if there were if those um third games for each of the finals were a given i think that would have been fair but because they weren't you know obviously guaranteed i think it was a little bit steep but apart from that you know i i can't see anything anything really wrong and i'm hoping that this might give the uh the media team maybe a, a little um thing for the future where maybe they can have their own uh, streaming service, you know, like, like the NHL t- TV, um, something like that for the future. So, because I think a lot of people will buy into that, yeah. uh, where you can view every every sort of, of um, game for for a certain price a month or or a yearly sort of price, and uh, yeah. But the idea going forward, I think, would be fantastic for everyone. Yeah, if that's the one thing that comes out of this as a league on a full-time basis is, is a more sturdy kind of media structure, then that'll be, you know, it'll have been a success as far as the league is concerned. We know that it's going to have been a success as far as GB is concerned. All the guys that are, that are training for GB currently have already been saying that it's been a big help for them. It's given them a good stepping stone. So as far as the play is concerned, it's already served its purpose. But from a media side, if we can take anything moving forwards from this as a league, you know, it's going to be a huge step for us. And like you say, we've we've said before about possibly needing something like an NHL Game Pass kind of thing, and it'd be great. Um, one thing that would have been nice, and I know that it wouldn't have been doable, and it's not at all a, a complaint to the league or anything like that, but one thing that would have been nice is if they could have worked a way of kind of having, you know, like you can do on the NHL Game Centre where you can choose your commentaries. You can have the home or the away commentary. And I'm not I'm not saying that as any you know, complaints to anybody, you know, everybody kind of 
I think the worst game as far as it went in terms of commentary was that Steelers Panthers game. And in fairness to the commentary team, you know, they were throwing a curveball of it all starting an hour after it should have done. You know, it was their first commentary webcast as well. They, you know, they've never done a webcast before other than for a couple of Steelers games. So it would have been nice to be able to choose commentary just to have that extra thing. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I can't complain about how they dealt with it. And Dave, you you spoke about the people that we certainly saw on the Orange Army page and things like that of people complaining about, oh, my stream's buffering now. Can I have some money back? Um, you know, they're always going to happen. But as a, as a long run, I think we can't really complain much about how the league dealt with it. Um, if we were going to run something like this again, I, what do we think to the, the way that it was structured with the four teams? Obviously, we'd love to have had... You know, Cardiff, Belfast, Scottish teams, Guildford. We'd have loved to have had as many teams as we could. If this was going to run again, and for whatever reason, just as a hypothetical, you could only have the English teams, do we think it would be more of a necessity to run it with a fifth team like Guildford? Because that was the only thing for me, was that those the group stages didn't really serve any purpose because everybody was through to the semis already. So like you said, Nottingham could use that as their kind of training base. So they kind of played it a lot smarter than maybe some of the other teams that kind of just went full on straight away, started off strong and then carried on on the same level, whereas Nottingham kind of improved. Do we think a fifth team would be needed? No. I'm going to because in all fairness, if you look at the, the whole setup for um, the series, it was all about game time. It was all about ice time. So as much as if you looked at it as a separate entity, yeah, the, the, the games I would throw this into that equation a lot of the leagues in Europe have that although it's not everyone into the playoffs the majority are in the playoffs yeah so it's a lot of like that we're not used to the UK different subject different discussion a different time I'd like more of that in UK hockey but yeah. again not for now uh, so I, I no I, I felt it would be good to have maybe so when I say no to 15 no in terms of having to fight for the full place in the playoffs Maybe you had it where you had maybe six and have it as a Spengler Cup style, but more games, and then have four teams in the North, in the Scotland and Belfast to have their own version of it, to have yeah. that kind of, like I say, a draft setup where you're going to, you know, you're playing for an opportunity and imports can come over for a set fee to market their abilities for potential employers. I personally would like to see that as a moving forward. Something at the end of June. Um, yeah. All teams involved. I tell you now, the fans would want it. You see it on social media how many people are, oh, I can't wait for this. Is it August? So, I, I don't think there'd be an argument on that. Um, so, maybe I'd probably tweak it that way. But apart from that, no, I, I felt, in, in the context of the tournament, I felt it was it was exactly what was needed. And mm. I think I think fighting for a spot may have been in a bizarre context this time around would have been a waste of a team. Yeah, I think this time around a fifth team wouldn't have really done well. But like next time, spending a cup style, definitely. I mean if you have had like one or two more teams, you've got like what, twelve more bricks into the pack, which is actually quite decent because then you've got more of a 
playing field, but you're not going to have, you'll probably have, what, five or six actually outstanding Brits on one team, and then you'll have five or six players that you like. Is he going to be any good? And then, obviously, like we mentioned with Josh Waller, we go, oh, actually, he is actually pretty decent. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, he, he stood out the most for me. Well, him and Ben Solder. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, Ben's obviously played in NIHL 201, I think it is. And I was like, he's really going to do well? And I was like, oh, he's actually holding his own. And then, obviously, Josh Waller, we know him because he's playing for Guildford. Mm-hmm. Like, is he going to do any good, then obviously gets, what, seven points? Like, okay, this is showing to be a different case altogether. You probably get some more goalies in there as well. It'd be a win all around for next time anyway. It'd be a win all around. Mm-hmm. You can see if GB is still well, going to Russia or going to wherever 1A is held <laughs> you'll be able to see who's going to be coming up <laughs> yeah it would have been nice to have Guildford um, I mean obviously you're never going to say sorry <clears throat> you're never going to say no to more hockey are you I mean yeah. uh, but I, I think the re- main reason why it would have been bad at this time is obviously because you might have games were packed already I mean you would have struggled to get more games in the time yeah. frame that I had before for the obviously GB flyouts to to Latvia, uh, if they were involved, probably two or three training sessions, and then that would have been it for GB. So not much to really go on, and then be going against uh, teams like Russia. So uh, this time around, I think it was probably for the best not to include them, although it would have been very nice, obviously, um, to have an, another team involved. Um, I'm I'm going to throw this idea out again because obviously. It, it was something that I think we're all all um, happy about when it was announced until it got cancelled. But the Magic Five weekend, maybe they could play on that a little bit going forward and make it like a Magic Five or a Magic Four series. I think that'd be quite interesting to do, than just a standalone sort of weekend or, or make it part of a Challenge Cup. So it's a bit different, a bit of a different format. But I don't know, just, just play on that a little bit. I, I think it'd be fantastic. And uh, yeah. Just have, I think that that'd be great going forward. Just something a little bit different, maybe. Um, I think the Challenge Cup, you know, maybe it's not uh, something in the format that it is really needed when you got all those league games going on. And obviously, everyone wants that league title more than before we do a Challenge Cup. So maybe they could tweak it a little bit uh, to make it include this sort of format. Uh, I think a lot of people buy into it, especially if it's in. Uh, again, you, you see more games maybe in, in one venue towards the semi-finals, finals, and maybe make uh, something out of that. So, yeah, I think it's a great idea going forward, and uh, it can develop into other things. I think there's some mileage in that idea, Andy. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. If they could make some kind of hybrid, because that's the th- that's the thing at the moment. I saw a load of people that were saying, "Oh, can we?" do some kind of Brit draft moving forwards and it, it wouldn't work in in the league structure as a whole. You've got to, <clears throat> with the way that you think about it, and I've seen people saying it, can we not have this as to how we run the league moving forward? It, you just couldn't do it. It wouldn't. Firstly, you'd have your players that are established in their hometowns that don't want to be going over to Belfast, Cardiff, somewhere else, somewhere at the other side of the country. But the other side is everybody's going to be paid differently. You know, this wasn't about people being paid. 
this was about people getting that ice time and that and that practice. So you couldn't have a situation where a team's signing Matt Myers and signing Alex Graham and then being on the same pay because it's all even for all of the Brits. It, it just wouldn't work. But to do it over a weekend, like you've just said, like a Magic 5 or a Magic 4, it would be a great way of kind of bringing it in, you know, in that kind of sense. It'd be great to see a, a way that they could do it with the Challenge Cup, but I think that's your other problem. Again, you're going to want to play the same teams that you've got throughout the season. You're going to want to keep your roster. So I think it is that if we could keep some kind of Brit draft going into a Magic 4 or 5 weekend, that'd be that'd be a fantastic move forward. And it'd almost be like... Um, like the NHL do prior to the um, the entry draft, they have like the kind of the rookies and the prospects going into kind of like one weekend, don't they, where they can all showcase themselves. If we had that at some point in say June or something like that, then you'd all you'd have all your NIHL players and your lower end elite league players that would have the chance to say this is what I can do to then land themselves a contract with an elite league team for the following season. And I think somewhere like High Sheffield, for example, would be a great place to have that, and I think people would attend to it. Yeah, you want you'd want to see it because you, you you'd price it correctly. I I think it would be a fantastic idea. It would be a quality idea. Can and that's small... that if can we add that if Guildford are getting involved, then we have to say you can only get involved if you bring along our good friend Lou Becker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> I think I think playing it out. I agree. In fact, I think playing it outside of our Sheffield or somewhere like that would be a good idea as well. I think I think the issue that we'd have is if they played it in somewhere like Nottingham, we'd be overplaying certain venues, um, and also the smaller venue for that kind of event. It would make it a. It would give more to them, kind of giving a bit more experience to practicing the media side again because there would be a number of people that would want to kind of get the webcast and stuff instead. And then B, it'd also make it a bit more of an event for you to go to. If you wanted to go, you've got to get tickets. You know, at the moment, there aren't many events like that in British hockey where you, 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 you know, you have to be on your, on, on your mark to get the tickets, even playoffs, you know, you, you, you could turn up to playoffs. You, you generally speaking, you can get tickets for most of the way through. I think the only other time where we've had to, queue up like previous times or things like that was when we queued up outside of uh, the arena for the challenge cup final tickets and we were we were queued up for what two hours <laughs> something like that two and a half hours yeah worth it but uh yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. do we think that I, I keep throwing random questions out that i've not asked you guys before so i'm proper putting you on <laughs> keeping you on your toes but um We've said about the, the things that this has done for the Brits in the league and things like that. And obviously, one of the controversial sides of the Elite League has always been the import numbers. They've always tried to fluctuate them and change them, restrict how many imports, and then the import number goes up. And there's always been that argument that the higher import number means the higher quality of the league because we're getting better players in. But then it also means the less practice and, and the kind of the lesser quality we're then going to end up in GB. Do we think off the back of this, we should be reducing the import numbers to, to kind of reflect the the talent that we've shown in the, in the kind of the GB pool? I think eventually, if this becomes the norm or moulded into something that becomes the norm, that we do have that showcase. So let's say you have an annual weekend in end of June at I Sheffield, where all the potential Brits who want to play in the Elite League play in this tournament, excuse me, I do think, yes, eventually you'll be able to bring it down by two, maybe more. Yeah. However, you know, it just depends on how 
a that type of schedule works and how the players buy in. Because it's easy you have one year where you've got loads of players that are buying, but then they don't buy into the elite league ways of yeah. full time training. And <clears throat> yes, there's elements of, of sacrifice in terms of unless the Scottish teams for some bizarre reason, it always seems for them that have day jobs and everything during the season. Um, and other respect to players who do have that, it's not a criticism of them. Obviously, everyone needs money in, in to, to do whatever they need to do with their, their own personal circumstances. Um, but to make them to be full-time players to then kind of go from the step to go into the Elite League, to then actually make the step to go to the national side, is that level of commitment. If you have yeah. players that go and, you know go through the process in that, yeah, why not? You know, you're going to have scenarios where players are... You know, Sam Jones wasn't expected, although he did a fair bit of time with Fife on the special teams. Played special teams in Sheffield. I'm only using him as an example. I know there's other Brits who did the same in other teams. Um, but he did not look out of place. So if these players get shown in this kind of format, yeah, bring them, bring the numbers down and, you know, let's show the, the worth of the junior setup that we do have. And yes, it's not perfect. But if we can show the value of what we have now, that it has produced the likes of Ben Bounds, Jonathan Phillips, Rob Dowd, um, David Clark, David Liam Longstaff, Kirk. going over Pierce up Liam Kirk, mm. um, and other players. Let's do it. Yeah. Because the game's only going to be the winner. Yeah, right. I'd, love, I'd, I'd love to see that within like three years or something, I've been down by like one or two one or two imports, two possibly, that'd be great. And then, because then you can give two Brits that slot. And then hopefully then by like, what, 2026 or something like that, of like a team where it's mostly Brits. Mm, But you've got in most Europe leagues where some of them are like, like we have to have a certain amount of homegrown talent that is more than just just three under twenty three players that are just there, pretty much just to make up numbers in some teams. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think that's this series is anything but prove that. Uh, one one player I can definitely bring forward is uh, Jason Hewitt. He's not played in the top league for quite a few years now. Uh, been lighting things up in the in the NIHL, but, you know, he, he's brought into this tournament and, you know, he left where, he started where he left off. If not for me, even better. In such a short <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he was incredible. And but He um, was getting special teams time as well. He was on our power yeah. play frequently. He was. He was brilliant. And uh, one player I mentioned last time, uh, Antonov, you know, he, he didn't get the, the points but it's not all about the points. It's how you skate. It's if you're in, in the right positions. It's the playmaking. It, it's the grinding out. You know, he did that fantastically for such a young player as well. And I think he, he started to get his ice time cut a little bit more. I think because when we first started watching him, I, I like after our first game, I, I remember thinking to myself that you, like you called it spot on. Like he. I think he was playing second line and he was absolutely killing it. And then he started to get his ice time caught. And I think if he hadn't, I think he'd have been putting the points up. Well, just look at his stats. Just look at his stats. He were minus four in 13 games. He had three assists. For, a guy, for the first time playing at the top level, Yeah. 
because Anthony Arnold's been doing the rounds in the, in the lower leagues and has been the name that's always cropped up as one of the players to watch out for. I don't think that's too bad at all, if we're honest no, with each other. Absolutely. Um, and I think you're right, Joe. I think he would have carried on and not had his ice time cut for whatever reason that Danny Stewart decided to do with that. I think he would have been getting more points. He probably would have got a few more goals. But his skate, I'm not lie, when I watched games with Coventry, he was the one who looked like was one of the better skaters. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was, was it Ferrara coming in that did it? Ferrara yeah, came I in think later, yeah, didn't he? Possibly the reason, yeah. But um, just like I was saying, uh, players like, like I said earlier, Long, wouldn't have expected him to be scoring as much as he did. And, you know, these are British players trying to prove a point. And over the next four or five years, I'd, I'd like to see the import limit drop to about 10. Yeah. Maybe 10 years after, uh, in 10 years, I'd like to see that down to eight because, you know, players you think in GB now, they're just not going to be there forever. You, you, Phillips, Bounds, uh, Myers, Richardson, no, they're not going to be playing forever. So where are you going to find this next crop from? And if you do not give them ice time, then you're stuck. You're going to be stuck in the lower lower end of the international uh, sort of um, standings or, or proceedings, as, as it were. You mean back so, to 1B? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you need to find. We don't want to do that. Need, no. I need back to give to these Lithuania. players a chance. No, we don't want this Lithuania. Is, this is the thing. Where, where it's a bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't, isn't it? It's, it's kind of almost. I don't know. It's almost like the people in the league trying not to be kind of. It's that Icarus moment, isn't it? Trying not to kind of sail off the off the progress that they've made over the last few years and ride that out more and more and more. Yes, you know the the import numbers that we've had in the league have no doubt played a part in our league becoming more prolific across kind of across the board, but also in kind of some of our Brits getting up to the level that they are because they've been playing in a domestic league against players of that talent. But the problem is, you know, if we start carrying on with that and thinking, oh, if we increase or we keep the import numbers the same, we're all of a sudden, like you say, Andy, we're just going to suddenly hit this barrier where we've lost Jonna, we've lost Myers, we've lost Bounds, we've lost Richardson. And all of a sudden, it's going to take us back 10 years. And that's that's going to be a huge, huge hit for the league if that's what happens. And that's that's one thing particularly with the goalies that we're going to see that's the goalies is the key thing that we need we have to find some way of giving brick goalies more of a chance to show themselves because currently no team is going to put a brick goalie in unless it's bounds or maybe whistle nobody's going to put a brick goalie in over an import goalie in a league competition and that's the problem we're playing over a however many game season in a league competition every single team wants to be able to compete in that league so no team is going to prioritise a Brit. And at that point, we're then clutching at straws as to which team's got a, Brit, a goalie injury. And the problem is you're all fighting for one spot instead of what, whereas in Europe you're fighting for eight spots or ten spots in terms of the playoffs. So you have the chance for your backup to play more games. Yeah. I mean, we was at um, an evening function with a coach that shan't be named, not because he's uh, not to be mentioned, but we don't want to trigger certain... Uh, members of the resistance um, but he said, resist. please resist yeah uh, but he said uh, an import goal of 80% was a better option for him than a backup at 100% yeah. and he said other, other coaches said the same and it's not because of the talent of them backups it's because everything was down so if you lose two or three games you'd be out of the eight ball for the league title Yeah. whereas in Europe if you lose the two or three games it's fine it's not too bad trying to get in the top eight. Yeah. So 
said coach did that i think we had um it might not a hundred percent follow up with the example because it, I think it was Jackson Whistle that we had as the goalie at the time, uh, but we played Cardiff in Sheffield and we we ended up losing something like eight one or something like that and we pulled Whistle after something like the first period after he'd shipped four or five, and it was the pre-game interview after sorry the post-game interview afterwards where he actually said that Whistle went into the game with a migraine. And when he was asked, why did you play whistle if he had a migraine? That's he, he said a similar thing then. It was a case of, you know, I had to make a decision. Is a 70% Jackson whistle better than 100% Brad Day? And he went with the 70% Jackson whistle. See, it's exactly the same thing, but even heightened when you look at the level of some of the import goalies that we're seeing over here now. If we, um, if we, did, a, if we did a magic weekend, like you said, like a magic four or a magic five, do you think there's there's any merit to us saying no no import netminders? Because we've talked before also about the fact that if we run a full league season, as it is, I think that the, the the issue that we have at the moment in terms of doing that and having brick goalies is it then benefits whichever team's got whistle and bounce. But we've spoken before about the fact that across a season, Bounds is playing a ridiculous number of games. He's playing all the games for the Devils throughout the season. Obviously, that's presu- if, presuming he goes back to the Devils if he doesn't get another European contract. He plays all the games for the Devils throughout the season, then all the games throughout the playoffs, and then he plays all the games for GB, give or take one or two for Whistle. You know, Do we think if we put that option out there for a tournament in June for a, a GB showcase weekend, do we think Bounds would actually take a full part in that because that would just cut ridiculously into his recovery. I don't think he would. I think he'd enjoy putting his feet up. Yeah. He may, he may and this is one case of him um, playing a full season, playing 70 odd games. He may take part in a squad just to get his sharpness up yeah. before starting his preseason. Oh, 100%. Well, it would help you know, younger goalies as well. And be able to be around. I mean, here's the thing. Um, will Curling, who didn't get a game, I don't believe. Um, but how much will he have gained and learned being around Whistle and Bounds for five solid weeks? Bear in mind, no teams apart from Cardiff have goal coaches. And having your top two Brit netminders being around him, he will have learned so much. And hopefully, you know, I mean, when we saw him in Sheffield, never let us down. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully. He, he takes on board everything that he learned and, and you know gets a place next season whenever that starts and, and builds from there. Pretty sure there was something on social media that shown Boundy and Whistle talking to Curling after everyone was off the ice and those three were just on there. Yeah, there was. There were there were similar things about Myers. I think Myers did the same thing at a Steelers training session where he went on the ice with all the younger Brits on the team ten minutes before training started and did a drill with them before everybody else came on to do a similar thing. It, it's good to see that everybody's kind of having that forward thinking now. It's it's got to be done. It has to be done. It's this this we don't do it. World, I know the world is short of common sense at the moment, but yeah. to see some of our experienced players and I know the imports do that on a frequent basis um, in all the teams they will spend time with the juniors or the younger players um, but even better to see them um, in this tournament do it yeah I think it's definitely yeah, something that should be good, that, that, that should be um, you know thought about because if anything the injury to John Muse for Sheffield has to approve that you brought in two um, British goalies young goalies who have not really had 
a chance at this league before, or they play one or two games like Warburton has. And yet they were looking like they'd been, you know, playing parts of seasons for years. Yeah. And this is the most important thing when you're going forward in international event, international tournaments, especially when GBA concern is when you do lose Bounds, Myers, Richardson, Phillips, all these players. If you don't have uh, British players who are used to playing at such a high level, you're going to go into every game getting absolutely trounced. And I think if the last few sort of months has given us as GB uh, supporters, fans, and everyone involved in the British leagues, is that you are not going to be taken seriously as a sport unless you stay in you know these top divisions. Because... Yeah. You look at what's going on in 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 Hull right now. You look at what's going on in uh, in Glasgow even, and you know our support really does go out to Glasgow for being uh, owners of that rink because you know the owners, the new owners, because obviously it's it's a very niche sport still over here and it's a big secret. If you don't keep doing well in these big tournaments, you're going to be taken less and less and less seriously to a point where. Yeah. No one's going to be interested in uh, these ice rinks because they're going to see it as not viable, as not a success. And people of higher power want success. They want a reason yeah. for it to be there. And if you don't give these British players a chance, there's, there's probably going to be no ice rinks, well, no you know, uh, facilities as on this scale that there is currently in 10, 20 years' time. So it, it's even more important than just international players getting a chance it's the sports five in in the UK, and I think obviously that's given us a big perspective of that it, it is in that sort of area right now that it needs to say, and it's currently struggling in some areas. So that's the most important. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well said. We're also seeing other Brits ship out to other leagues as well. That's that's the other. I mean, obviously it's happened more this season because of COVID, but it, it's already been happening. You know, Hammond went off, Farmer went off. We are seeing kind of Brit players go off into other leagues. Dowdy went to Epan this year for, well, obviously when our season didn't run. My God, like, Dowdy was a good player for us before, but he came back a, a, a much improved player from his time in Epan. You know, it wouldn't be surprising me if, if not for any family reasons. You know, I, I suspect that will be what ties Dowdy back to coming back to Sheffield. But it wouldn't surprise me if players like him are going to be looking further afield as well, if they can get it. Bounds has been playing in grass this year. If he goes elsewhere, you know, like you say, it's not just the, the international side of things. It's the domestic league. It's the sport. It's it's kind of a make or break at the moment. Well, Churchfield also played a bit of time in the NCAA. Mm. Right. So, and a lot of the younger Brits do end up going across to North America uh, scholarships in the lower end, not so at the top NCAA end, but getting experience in North America um, and doing that side. As we've kind of, as British hockey fans, never understood why our players don't get more and stay longer out in Europe. Um, yeah. Farmers kind of booked the trend and, and fair play to him. He's um, spent a couple of years in Germany. And good for and yeah, it's good for you know it's showing his his game's improved on that. Um but yeah, you know, if if we can get more of our Brits being the import instead of us taking the imports, it'll be good to see that tight turn. But that's a 
definitely not an overnight uh, job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a wait and see thing and certainly a um a work in progress. Do we um do we I'm I'm conscious that we've kind of done Elite Series to death and then kind of gone on to a much bigger picture of things from the Elite Series. Do we have anything that more that we want to kind of touch on on the Elite Series? I think we've scratched the surface on that. Just a, just a little bit. Well, my, the other thing that I'm conscious of is that we're actually segueing quite nicely into the next topic on the agenda, which is the World Champs and GB. So we've kind of given ourselves a nice kind of stepping stone onto talking about that. Um, World Champs coming up in, what do you say, 10 days? 10 days, yeah. Russia. Russia, yeah. That's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so as you already mentioned, Joe, um, this is a unique one where... Um, GB don't have to worry about staying up. We're not waiting on a Game 7 glorious Monday against the F-word. Um, we know we're going to be back at the World Champs in 2022. Um, so it's, it's kind of a nice thing where we can experiment with the younger players and don't have to rinse um, some of the older players. So just to go through the current squad, you have the goal is Bams, Whistle and Headley not Clements, because Clements is in defence, uh, with Dallas Earhart, Mark Garside, Sam Jones, Ben O'Connor, uh, David Phillips, I raised my voice in more to explain why, Mark Richardson in, in, he wasn't in the initial squad, but he's replaced Evan Mosey, Paul Swindlehurst and Josh Tetlow, another player who I think's done well in the, ser- in the Elite yeah. Series, Oli Betteridge, another player who Fantastic. did well in the Elite Series, Brendan Connolly, another crack at the, at the GB programme, Sir Ben Davies, Robert Dowd, Sam Duggan, Luke Ferrara, Mike Hammond, Lewis Hook, another one who's done well in the, the series. Liam Kirk, Robert Lakovic, Ben Lake. At last, for Manchester and some Basisoak fans who harped on about it, Kieran Long's in the squad. Uh, Matthew Myers, Brett Pellini, the captain, Jonathan Phillips, and Ross Venus is the squad. And Andy touched on it about the age of a fair number of the players. Now, there are some more younger players in this roster this year. But there's some players who are of an age. Um, but the nice thing is, like I, I believe that you'll see Bounds and Whistle split the games. Yeah. 4-3. Um, unless there's no pressure on, on any of them. Um, I, I don't think you'll see constant line-up lines being the same throughout the whole games. I think you may juggle it around if, if the game's lost let's let's try and get some kind of chemistry elsewhere just to see what works and what doesn't work for future games but also next year um and also you know you, you look at i mean i'm looking forward to seeing brendan Connolly against the russians <laughs> against the swedes against the czechs we all know brendan's game and he's had the opportunity he's earned it in fairness now he's qualified to play for the national side you see if he can raise his game to that level and be as, as successful um, which I didn't think he had the opportunity in a very short-term tournament with the Olympic qualifiers. So I think a seven-game group stage may give him the opportunity to see if he can cut it at that top level. I think he can. I think he can balance his style of play to the international game well. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Tetlow, um, one of the youngsters that we mentioned in the previous episode. Um, I think he... I'm looking forward to seeing him get a few games. Uh, Sam Jones as well, another one yeah. who um, who just did well. And like I say, you know, Lewis Hook. Um, the one thing to remember is Pete Russell will have coached the younger end of these players 
in the juniors because he coached the under 18s, he coached in the 20s. So he knows these players. Um, so he'll know what he's going to get from them. And do I think we'll finish eighth? Yes. However, do I think it's going to be as as blown out as last year? I don't think it will be. Um, the one game I'm really looking at as a where we've come from to where we are now, and it may make Gref's stomach turn, uh, is the Denmark game. Obviously, in 2019, we had the worst day of the tournament and we couldn't skate, never mind pass a puck. Um, in fairness, everything that could go wrong went wrong that day and we lost 9-0. And it was a game that actually a lot of people have gone, that could be the game we could win to have that chance of staying up. So that, for me, is one of the games where we go, right, where has our programme come from, gone to? In the COVID times. So a lot of things are obviously to, to kind of balance in there, but that and the Belarus game, yeah, I think they're the two ones where we may get some out of. Because I think, I mean, Gref can back me up on this, the day after we played USA, and it was night and day, different performance, we skated with the Yanks till the very bitter end. We competed with the Yanks till the very bitter end. And it was only till the last five or ten minutes where the USA team, you know, their NHL players stepped up the gas and pulled away. Unlike against Canada, where they was from the off, it went until the last 10 minutes. So as a team, we could skate with these guys and we could compete. Ben Davis went top bins on... Um, was Demenko. it Schneider? Or was it Demenko? One of the two. Um, so they're the games we kind of go, OK, we can be here. So for me, and I don't know what Gref thinks, they're the two games where I go... If what depends on where you know what group want to be in next year, well, these could be the ones where we get some points out of. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm actually kind of glad I'm at, I'm at home this time. So when we play Denmark, and I'm not in the stands feeling like, <laughs> yeah. So that, that wasn't because of fight. that wasn't because of the hockey, was it, uh, Gref? No, this was thanks to some. Wonderful Ukrainians and beer pong and shot roulette. Yeah. I know, uh, and Canada versus Slovakia finishing 6 5. With the bar, then, the bar was in giving three shots after every Slovakian goal. Yep. And they scored five goals, and it was house vodka that was lethal. Oh, and whiskey as well. <laughs> you had me up until whiskey. Yeah. It was passed around. We thought what we could get it was free. <laughs> well, <laughs> no complaints. Yeah, I'm looking at the fixtures. I mean, granted, the one thing I'm going to miss the most out of all this, apart from obviously we're going to be playing Russia and Sweden and Czech Republic, seeing some of the those NHL or KHL star the players. That we saw in Slovakia is actually facing Slovakia because we're not going to see what the crowd was like, like we did in 2019 when we played Slovakia. Because that one, I know, throughout the whole of the GB games I've been to, I never felt like we were so small. 
I, my first UB experience was in, in in Riga for the Olympic qualifiers, and our first game was against the host. And I tell you now, it was very much this, like there was 200 of us in the top stand, kind of ushered away, kind of thing, like the Hunger Game. And it was not even three quarters full. But my God, the, the Latvian fans were outstanding. That is the one thing I'm going to miss on, on this trip is not having five, six thousand Latvians going 60 minutes of noise. I like the fact that there's, there's like, what, three games that are at quarter past ten in the morning. Yeah, bizarre one for us. Particularly in the next couple of weeks lead up when we're watching NHL hockey only. (laughs) It's going to be at 1am, 3am. 10am. Yeah. Uh, The perks of not having a team in the playoffs. (laughs) Finally found one. (laughs) It only took him 10 years of Buffalo not making it. (laughs) Not wrong. Yeah, Yeah, I think we stand a pretty good chance. I'll be honest against... uh, Belarus. I think that could be the closest game out of all we play. Uh, you know, I can remember a time when they had uh, quite a few, quite a few uh, NHLers in in their team. Uh, Andrei Kostitsin may be a, a, a familiar name. Uh, so I'm glad he's not in the lineup because he, he was a fantastic player in his in his uh, in his day. So um, I think we've got a good chance against them. Uh, and also, there, there is a very, very faint chance uh, that the Olympic athletes or the former uh, Soviet Union uh, could be disqualified. I think everyone's got our fingers crossed, maybe. <laughs> For obvious uh, reasons of the past, so you never know. Uh, we could finish sixth. Um, but yeah, I think we've got a good chance against uh, some teams. Uh, like I said, Belarus being, being the main. Uh, could push Czech Republic. Uh, quite a way, but uh, yeah, I think it's great that there's no relegation because you know there's no pressure on the players to uh, you know to, to stay up because already got that guaranteed. So maybe they'll having a bit more freedom on the ice will um, will help the game quite a lot. And um, you know I, I think everyone's hoping for you know they're quite a, a limited ice time. Uh, you know they've only had the league going up for for five weeks. Uh, hopefully you know. Um, We'll get to see a lot of what they put in over over, over the last month or so uh, into uh, into these international games. So uh, be a great showcase for them. And um, like I said, just more freedom on the ice. I think will be uh, will bring a, a a better product altogether. I think the only thing to to fear with Belarus is if they're anything like Yanost Minsk, and that's not even their KHL team. Uh, they are quick. They are physical. They are good. It's no walk in the park. It's not guaranteed points. Otherwise, do I still say we we can? I think skillfully we can compete with Belarus. Yeah, man to man. I think I do think we can compete with them. It's the it's the can we do it for sixty minutes? Can we keep up with them with the pace? It's like a few fair few years ago when we played Japan, and Japan and Korea. My God, they can skate, and they can skate quick. You're talking the, the, this level that we're playing at in terms of that level of skating. And that was in one B, um, so it'll be interesting to see what style that the Belarusians um, come up with. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Was it Yanos uh, Minsk that we played in the Conti Cup in? Uh, could you? Yeah. yeah, I didn't hear the full question, but I'm assuming that that's what you meant. Um, but yeah, we played Yanos in. 
in the Conti Cup. But we also Denmark. played them in the in the Conti Cup final in 2010. Yeah. Um, and I just remember watching that game in in the press. I watched us play against, and literally all their players were six three plus. Everyone and they were going down the wings at pace, and it was skill. And whereas we played Salzburg the night before, and they were, how can I put it, put it quicker? There was um, impressing the referees with certain levels of the um, acting skills. These were they didn't need to. They just played the game at a level where you just went. This is before CHR. You just like, wow, they're good. Um, their surnames, not so good. I, re- I remember just saying, I just typed them out before the start of the game, and I'm like, right, guys, these are their numbers. Copy and paste onto a document. I was just going to type 74 from 29, or whatever the numbers it were, because I tell you now, it will take me longer to type each and every name before the next play. Are you talking yeah. like eight, 9, 10, 11 letters per surname? So I'm like, nah, you're good. <laughs> numbers are better. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're the game, like we've said, they're the ones I'm looking at, but I'm looking forward to watching Belarus. Just because when we've seen against Vinos and Dianima Minsk as well in the KHL um, are same thing, tall, quick, skillful, plays the game on an edge. Yeah, you know, may play to our advantage. Who knows? It'll be nice to see us play against a couple of the other different teams at the top level as well. You know, we've done the USA and the Canada side, and that was kind of more. They weren't pressure games because we were never going to win them. But you know that was the point where we thought we were going to be going down. That was the point where we thought, okay, we've just we've just got to make the most out of this, out of seeing them play these teams now, and then that's it. We're just going to go back down. Um, this time around, it'll be quite nice not having that. So knowing we've got the chance again next season, but also playing against people like Sweden and Russia. Um, and I mean, the only thing I can say about that is thank God that the NHL playoffs are also carrying on because to see. To see us coming up against the likes of Ovechkin, Vasilevsky, whatever, whoever else, Victor Hedman. I know Steve that Carlson. not all teams. Well, I know that not all teams put out their top players. You know, Canada and and the and the US were were two teams that didn't put out all the top players available. But Russia are one of the teams that generally ice a much stronger team, if not the most strong team that they can. So, in fairness, it's, it's kind of a um a small mercy. Is there the three teams that take fans to the tournament? And you're talking four or five thousand. Mm. That's the opportunity from a, a, a British team fan who goes to the games missing out this year. Hopefully, we get some yeah. of the next year in Finland. The host nation, like last year, 2019 Slovakia, GB fans make more noise than any other fan bases. Yeah. So it would have been great to have gone up against these fan bases uh, and enjoyed the whole experience. Um, that it would have been. Yeah. Okay, two, two things about the Belarus thing, Pat. One player that Kai's Devil fans are going to wish he, he gets picked for the national side, Charles Lingley. He's played for the Belarus national yeah. side. I forgot about him. I thought he packed him playing for the national side. I only played for them. Could have. And then also, there's also, where you've mentioned that the the, the names of being that long. I just looked on on Elite Prospects for two of the players. One of them is a New Jersey player, like Igor Sarangovic. Yeah. Long name. And then one that's playing 
in one of the Belarusian leagues, Jeff Plot. <laughs> Just what you want. It's a very Belarusian name. <laughs> I don't know how he managed to do it in those leagues, but whenever you get like a team full where it's literally like 95% domestic players, where every every player's name's got 12 letters and 60 vowels in it. And then you've always just they, they always managed to find the American or Canadian or someone of a different nationality with like the shortest and most simple name. It's always like you've got all these like whatever names going through and then just John Smith. It's just it's just one player. Well, I think it's Kazakhstan. I think it's a goal is more like um, it's not Condor, but some of a similar nature. But basically, when they play for the KHL team. You'll end up going. Do you know what? We'll pay for your passport. We'll pay for you to get national, you know, residency if you take this longer contract and stay. But you can play for the national side. We'll pay you to do this. And you find like like Korea did it before. Um, I'm going to say Pyeongchang won the Winter Olympics. Um, they did it with a couple of players. Korea, um, Croatia did it with a number of players. When we played them in Lithuania the first time, they had Smith um, and similar, you know. Surnames which are very not Croatian, um, playing for him because that you know that's what they'll do. So, um, but it makes you laugh. It does. You know, it's, you, like, you know, like, it's not the just an example. It's not. And I don't think it happened with the Japanese side. You had the goalie like Fukufuji, uh, who played for the Kings, um, mm-hmm. and then you'd have a goalie like the surname of Baker. But one of the teams in that neck ne- ne- of the woods had something like that. So, um. He was a good goal to watch against. Fuck a Fuji. Were you thinking of um, someone Great called name. Commodore? Do you know what that could have been? It yeah, it could have been Commodore. Something like that, but very simple to pronounce. Mm. Brilliant. Do we um do we have anything else on the world champs level? I know that again, it's another topic that we could keep banging the drum on all day. So is it? Do we have anything else we want to say on world champs? I think, but we'll, in fairness, we'll, there'll be a, f- a fair thing that we'll do during it. Um, yeah. We'll get myself and Gref, we'll do some live, well, actually, we'll take it to Instagram and we'll do some live videos of preview games. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe even arrange an, an, an hour of send questions in and what we think. Um, so we'll we'll plug that out. We'll do a bit more on the, uh, the World Champs. Um, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll do a few one things. As well. Go on. And it's just, Enjoy watching what you could have had, France. <laughs> that was one of us. Yeah, I was going to yes. say it. Vivla one A. Brilliant. I think I, I don't think there's any more fitting a vibe to leave the world champs on than that. In fairness, <laughs> boys. So we're going <laughs> to move swiftly on from that. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw this one back you, over you to. Know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw this one back to Dave uh, because we all know how much he loves talking about the CHL. Um, and yeah, so that's it. CHL. CHL. Yeah. Klagenfurt. Klagenfurt are in. So I'm going to, we'll go for the, the 32 teams that have qualified um, very quickly. Uh, best of British on that one. So Klagenfurt, Balzano, Red Bull Salzburg, Yunos Minsk, Trinec, Sparta Prague, Bolesav, Sondersika as Continental Cup champions, and our friends Rungstead as Danish champions. Uh, Lukarama, IFK Helsinki, Turku, Tapra, 
uh, Rouen, Eisbahn Berlin, Aldermannheim, Red Bull Munich, Penguins Bremerhaven, their first time in the CHL. Uh, another friend of the podcast, Fris Asker. Uh, the only friends because the names are ridiculous. Um, Jastrzebi of Poland. I hope I pronounced that correctly. If I haven't, um, you know, um, sorry. Um, as expected, Frölunda, uh, Vecho, Rogla, Lexans and Skeleftia. Uh, Zug, Lozano, Fribourg, Gotterin, Lausanne, Zurich. Um, a blast from the past, Donbastonetsk, and the NHL team from Cardiff. Um, are all in the CHL for the 21-22 season and we're back to group stages with a little bit of a twist so Joe and Andy may remember when the Steelers were last in the CHL there was a little bit of twist to the draw based on the final Olympic qualifying group in respect of that nations who had teams in the CHL couldn't play each other that were also in the final Olympic qualifiers or something along the deception. And it guaranteed us drawing against Salzburg because of the permutations of the, of the pots. Something similar this time round when it comes to the draw. So there's five pots. Six groups. No, I'm talking about eight, eight groups. Six in the first pots of pot one to four and two groups from pot five. Pots one to four are the teams from the shareholder leagues, so Sweden, Finland, Germany, Switzerland, Czech Republic, but not the Austrian League. Um, the Belarus champions, Unos Minsk, the UK champions, Cardiff Devils, and the Conti Cup winners, Sander CK, will be in pots one to four. Um, league protection, so you can't play um, a team from your country. And then pot five are the teams from the Austrian League, so Klagenfurt, Bolzano, and Salzburg, plus... Uh, Ruan, Donbass, Frisaska, the team from Poland, I'm not going to try to pronounce that again, and Rungstead. Uh, but they can actually clash in terms of league, so there's no league protection in that one. Um, oh, and it's all, it's all to do with the final Olympic qualifying, which is meant to happen in late August this year. Um, and there's different dates as well as to when the group games are played. So it's, it's the same in terms of six games uh, per group for each team. Um, but some some good names back in the CHL. Um, some teams that haven't been in for some time. Um, I don't think Freeborg have been in since they actually pushed Frölunda to I think last five minutes of the semi-final before Frölunda went to win their first CHL title. Um, Lexand, um, Ben O'Connor's old team, they're in for the first time. I believe the Polish champions are in for the first time. Uh, Penguins, Bremerhaven, again, first time. Um, and I'm just going through the list again. I want to say Boleslav from the Czech Republic is their first time in the CHL, along with Don Bastinetsk. Um, but I could be proved wrong. And Andy's nodding away um, as a right, because he knows a bit more of the Czech stuff than I do. Um, yeah, but it's great to have the CHL back. Um, obviously, Cardiff will keep their spot, rightfully so. Um, and I suspect Sheffield will keep their Conti Cup spot um, whenever that draw is made. And, yeah. So some of the powerhouses, some of the teams, and, you know, who knows? Could Frölunda be prevented from another title? Could someone else from Sweden be the champions and not Frölunda? Uh, could we see a champion from outside Scandinavia? 
which we haven't seen in the CHL. Who knows? A lot of big questions. We've seen an upset. We've we saw the upset in the KHL playoffs this year. So anything could happen in the CHL because nobody expected Avantgarde to take it. So very true. And thank goodness you don't have the KHL teams um, in the CHL. Oh, God. Imagine having. Imagine getting. Fancy that away weekend in Omsk. Yeah, how do you get there? Ah. Nah, better than if they ended up in Kunlun, playing Kunlun Red Stars and going over to China. Oh wow. They're not even playing in China anymore. They're playing in um, Russia. Well, they did, they're they playing did in Russia. Year, they did this year because of COVID. Mm. Mm, that makes sense. They did because of the, of the COVID um, restrictions and having to quarantine in China. But I assume that once everything's back to some form of normality, that they'll be back playing in either Beijing or Shanghai. Such um, a bizarre league. <laughs> it wouldn't. It'd, it'd be a great league if it. Or well, it is anyway. But it'd be a great league if it weren't for that. Just one team playing out of China, like the teams that spreading across a couple of other countries, but then just China. Well, well just well, one think, thing in Finland. Just to think, they did have. They have well, they have Jokerit from Finland, but they did have a team in the Czech Republic who made the the Gagarin Cup final, and they did have Slovan Bratislava. Um, they did have the rights for a team in Milan to play in the KHL. Um, this is it is a league. I mean, I know yeah. it's a CHL. They're a league that want to be having teams in different pots. I do th- I've read somewhere that I could be got wrong, but they did ha- want have a team in Paris playing at the um, the I think it's the Accord Arena, the Paris Bercy yeah. Arena. So, you know, it's a KHL. They want to have that kind of NHL style. We go across the continent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Continent. They've got they've, they've, they're the only two, the only league that I've ever seen that's had a trophy that could could rival the um the Stanley Cup. Oh, in fairness, because that is one beauty, impressive trophy. Isn't that Gagarin <laughs> Cup is a thing of beauty. I used to, I used didn't they have, a, they have a team in Zagreb as well? Yes, they did they had uh, yes, had Zagreb. Yeah, that's a good arena. That's a very there's, also, there's rumors of many, many times of one being in London. Yeah, it wasn't the rumor that it was going to be owned by Neil Black as well, or something like that. It was going to Neil, be Neil Black, Black yeah. to own it. Abramovich has been rumored to own it. Someone else has been rumored to own it. Yeah. I mean, it, it never happened, but can you imagine being able to go down to London a couple of times a year to watch some KHL hockey being played? Yeah. Can you, imagine, uh, you sign for a KHL team in London and you're living in Milton Keynes. <laughs> God. I believe the team from, you were team from Czech Republic, was it Lada Togliatti? I think it was shot, shot into Lev. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Lev, yeah. Who played out of the, the, the Tipsport Arena. Yeah, I think they moved yeah, into the O2. Yeah. Random fact for you all there. <laughs> Every day's a school though. <laughs> it has to be said, it's one of the one one things where you see you see mixed views on um, Aaron Murphy and his commentary and his uh his his uh his turns of phrase that only Aaron Murphy could use in a in a hockey broadcast and it's the one point where regardless of where you stand on Aaron Murphy you've got to give him kudos for uh, commentating on those KHL games because God knows how he does that. Well, <laughs> he's no in an interview for the, this podcast before where yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going from doing the KHL to the SHL to the Elite League and back and forth and it's 
it's madness. It is, yeah. Absolutely. Madness. The, one, the one thing that was great about Avangard winning it was the coach was um, American. So oh, at partly, least, yeah. Like, yeah. So one interview that they managed to get <laughs> was actually done in English. But it's, it's really good because he's got a Stanley Cup. He's got mm. a uh, Swiss National Cup. I think he's got another couple from different countries. And that's just one more to add to his list. I think there's only like him and I want to say Mike Keegan, who's won the Stanley Cup as coach and the KHL mm. coach. I want to say it could, it could be a different coach, but I want to say it's, I want to say really it was Mike Keegan. I say Anaheim. I've no, I had no idea. Let's Google. By the time it's by the time this gets uploaded, we'll probably Google it and gone, yeah, it was someone else. <laughs> yeah, completely different. <laughs> so, I'm trying to Google it quick. But but it, Google, that's the CHL for you guys and girls. Um, and, yeah, I may have said by the time before that I liked this tournament. Um, it'd be nice if we get a, a late weekend in September and Sparta Prague at home. Oh. Does anybody fancy that? Okay. I think I might. Could be tempted. Maybe. Should we take Griffo and teach him how to wave a scarf? But we'll not ask you to do it, Andy. Ah, no, <laughs> please don't. We'll for, anybody, for anybody who's been to a Czech game or a game in the Czech Republic, you'll understand that reference. Just um, I put Tarzan boy in uh, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so a search has thrown up absolutely nothing. I think it's I think it's Mike Keenan. Yeah. And I, I'm 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 still getting there. Yeah, it's Mike Keenan, and he won a Stanley Cup with a team. Ninety-three, ninety-four. Rangers. Oh, so he was right. It was just a team. Mm. And then he won the. Uh, who did he win the KHL with? Because he coached Cunlan. I want to say it's one of the Moscow teams. Uh, yeah, probably 2013-14, I think. I mean, one of the Moscow teams are St. Petersburg. I don't know. He's Met- apparently, uh, according to, Metal- according to Metal- prospects, yeah, I was going to say, Metalurg Magnitogorsk. Magnitogorsk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> Trail off at the end and just presume that... <laughs> Someone will finish it off. Exactly. So we, we've gone a bit off. Sorry, that was my fault. We've gone a bit off course with CHL. Do we have anything else to add with the CHL? <laughs> we've got to uh, uh, an honourable mention for uh, the favourites of uh, Klagen for Friskaska and Tapara. So, <laughs> um, I finished it. So one of the last things I, well, the last thing that I've got written down is NHL playoffs. We're heading into uh, some more British hockey free. Zone, if we take this out the world. This is yeah, yeah. You, this is where it just says Gareth Dutton has left the chat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've obviously got the NHL playoffs coming up. You could just pick a team. That's that's your great thing. You get to playoffs, you can just pick a team. I'm not Spike. <laughs> but for those who don't understand the reference, he has five teams. That's including the Seattle Kraken, and he supports five teams. How you can do that, I don't know. Andy's gone through his fair share of teams, I think. Andy, are you supporting Colorado now? Yeah, no, in fairness, Colorado, Andy had yeah. more of a reason Andy has an excuse. Yeah, Andy had a reason yeah. for it. 
and in fairness, then lands on probably one of the most like one of the teams with probably the most potential over the next five years in the NHL by landing with uh, with Colorado after all of those teams. Yeah. So what do we what are we thinking for the NHL playoffs then, gents? We've had all the places have now been confirmed. Um, sorry. Not that we ever expected it to be anything different at this point when we actually talked about the NHL at any other point. We've obviously got the East Division, Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston and Islanders have all clinched playoffs with Pittsburgh taking the uh, division championship. Just had to mention that because did not think it was going to happen. North Division, Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg and Montreal with Toronto getting the division champion. Um, Weird one for me in the Central. Carolina getting the division champions and then Florida, Tampa and Nashville. Nashville clawing in by the skin of the teeth by the end of it because they didn't look like they were going to make it at one point. Uh, and the only division that doesn't currently have a confirmed champion uh, is the West with Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota and St. Louis. It's been a weird year watching our teams play each other multiple times and having guaranteed points when you play Buffalo eight times a year. Um, what what do we think to the way the play? I mean, you didn't get guaranteed points when you played us last. Yes, I was. I, I, I yeah, I know. We had to do our bit for charity and lose one. As I'm, I think Islanders lost one as well against Buffalo or something like that. Was it two? I mean, I, I, I've got to be honest, guys. I think it's great that Pittsburgh are doing well because that means Joe wants to talk about the playoffs. Um, you know, given previous years of uh, disappointment. Um, but. Uh, Jokes aside, you say previous years like we didn't win a Stanley Cup five years ago. Well, that's five years ago. <laughs> no. I'm still clinging on to it. In the past. No. I'm not being funny. Did did you not get knocked out in the prelims last year? Was it the first round? I don't know what you're talking about. The year before? <laughs> the year before, yeah, you, the year before, you, year before your domestication was enhanced with your ability to use a, a brew as you got swept out? So. Yeah, but- wasn't it by you guys, and then you guys got swept by Columbus? We, or something we like nicked that. your broom, pass it on to Carolina. Exactly. <laughs> That's Carolina. Uh, <laughs> jokes aside, um, the playoffs are very unpredictable this year. I think because the first two rounds are within the division, and that everyone's played each other that many times within the division, um, I just, I honestly don't think there is a one that you can call that actually is. You can go, yeah. That's that's gonna happen, um, and yeah, I, I think it's gonna be exciting. I look forward to it, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing the Islanders play a team outside of the Eastern Division. This is going to be the most telling thing. I mean, this is contrary. You guys can, well, no, Andy could chime in. We're in a very similar position to what we're in on the podcast from an elite league standard, aren't we, really? Because <laughs> usually we've got three Steelers fans, so we can't really, like, be, we're always got that bit of bias between the three of us. And this time around, we've got three of us that are all in the Eastern Division. So what I'm going to say might not be necessarily supported by Andy, but I, I genuinely think that we have the hardest division if you look at those the kind of the top five forget about buffalo and um and new jersey but if you look at the top five or six of of washington boston pens islanders rangers philly i don't think there's a harder division in the league i have to agree yeah i'll i'll say say to to everyone what me and joe said before we recorded you you look at that east division you've got five big teams and you've got the rangers and all due respect to new jersey buffalo um Two of the two of that six were missing out. 
if at the beginning of game one, you got told, I'm offering you four spots. I guarantee you now all four teams have qualified with us. Shook your hand. Thank you very much. And I'm taking it. Because all four teams could have finished first. Like all... Yeah. No telling who was going to... Until the very last game. You No, no telling who was going to do it. Um, so, you know. I mean, okay. McDavid in Edmonton's done some, some bits with his points. Would he have done it with playing other teams? probably not as prolific as he has I'm not saying he's not a bad player he's a very good hockey player and a great hockey player to watch um, but I you know I, do, I look at all the, the the divisions and I say the hardest division is East In my, and this is not a home decision I generally believe the Vezina winner will come from the East and will if done correctly in my opinion will go on Long Island Um Balamov, in Balamov, mm. you know, to be, I believe he were at the point where we can leading the league in shutouts to do that in that division. And I would yeah. say to any goalie, whether it's a Pittsburgh goalie or Washington goalie or Boston goalie, if they did that in that division, is a standard. Um, yeah, I know Grubar has played outstanding. I know there's a couple of us, but I genuinely think that Balamov will, should win it. Um, because the standard of that, you know, it's not just okay. Everyone will say that their team's, you know, good enough and all that. But you look at the consistency in the rosters in the six, in the five teams in the Rangers, plus Buffalo and New Jersey, and they're stacked. Each team stacked, and then you go and go to the trade, and they stack even more. So to get stuff out of that division is 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 a testament to the t- four teams. Yeah. My concern out for any of the four teams is. When you get to that round three and you do play a team out of that division, is there going to be anything in the tank left to get out what you've, you have to use to get out of that, those two ties, to make the actual run to the final? See, this that, is why I think that's Toronto. My only are, concern. This is why I think Toronto are a decent shout, and I hate to say it because I don't want 1967, 19, yeah, 1967 to be a thing of the past. But I genuinely think Toronto are going to be a difficult team to get past because. In terms of the teams that they're going to come up against, I mean, Edmonton are the main team that they might have some kind of resistance from in their division. But in fairness, if you take out McDavid or Drysaddle from that roster, Edmonton aren't nearly as strong a team as what as Toronto are. You look at their first line of, you know, Marner, Matthews playing on a line with someone like Simmons, and then they've got what Tavares and William Nylander on their second line. Like that's 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 why I think they're going to be a difficult team to get past. I think the Eastern Division are going to knacker themselves out against each other, and I think that's where, that's where the difference is going to lie. My money genuinely goes on Colorado, and I, I genuinely mean that. I genuinely think Colorado will take you, particularly with taking uh, Devin Dubnik on deadline day or around deadline day. My my gut is leaning towards Vegas. If if Fleury carries on playing as he has with Leonard backing him up as as a genuine, I think it it has gone that way this year because of how well. Fle- well, Leonard had a fair bit of time out with injury. Well. Yeah, well, yeah, but absolutely, Fleury but stepped Fleury's up to the re- mark. But Fleury's 100%. regained that level that we all know he has. Yeah, and what, you know the phrase, you know, form's temporary, class is permanent. Well, Fleury just showed that this season. Um, so I, my gut's telling me Vegas. Would I love to see the Coliseum finally signed off with a cup win? course but i i don't think 
that will happen. Um, sadly, I don't think any Eastern team will take it. I, I, I genuinely don't. No, I don't. Be not, and I, I the same thing. I'd love to see. I'd love to see us take it with the 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 goalie duo that we have at the moment being two relatively rookie goalies and things like that. We've, you know, it's been a difficult year for a number of teams in that division for a number of reasons. You guys lost Anders Lee for a whole season and had to, had to find some kind of replacement. We've, we've lost Malkin, Tanev. We pretty much lost everybody off the roster at some point for a couple of games. It, you know, I just, I think it's going to be a step too far. Whereas I think Colorado have got it. So I'll tell you what, we, we should do something that we're good at, and that's predictions. Me and you have already said that no Eastern team's going to take it, which instantly means it's either going to be the Pens, the Islanders, the Caps, or, <laughs> or the Bruins, because we've already said we don't think an Eastern team. I'm, I'm going for personally. I think it'll be an Islanders-Vegas final, and I think Vegas will clinch it. And you know what? I could live with that scenario. I could live with that just for one person then lifting the cup. But, so let's go through all the ties and let's let's call them. Here and now. All at what? Um, all of the... All eight ties. So we'll start okay. in the East. Um, we'll, get, we'll get the game out of the way. Penn's Islanders. Um, I'll write the team, which is not the number, for two of us. So, Joe... Team, would you know his? But how many games? Islanders in six. I don't think our goalie duo has the. I, I don't know. I just that I think that's where we're going to lack. We're going to lack that experience. What we had in Fleury when Murray carried us to a playoff win, we had Fleury's experience behind him. We don't, we don't have that between the pipes now. I think that's, that's, that's going to let us down. Andy. Thinking the exact same as that. Island six. Chris. See, I'd love for a broom to come out in this game. But I'm going to say Island is in five. So I've, I've, gone for the, the the full house but i've gone seven um i, I do think it's going to be a, a hell of a series yeah and i just think it's going to go to the seventh game having said that now we've all picked us we're getting knocked out in four so it's going to be re- a bit of a revenge for the for the pens <laughs> My plans coming to coming together <laughs> <laughs> Brain yeah. Comes out. Right. yeah and hopefully then the team that you play does the same to you so it'll just be exactly the same as the 2019 um i I think the difference in our series, even I've gone for seven games, will be the net minding. Um, Valdemar has experience. Um, and even if Sorokin has to play, as much as he's not as a rookie in the playoffs in the NHL, he's took a team to win the, the, the Gagarin Cup. So a similar setup yeah. in terms of games played. So I just think that's where the edge could be. Um, I also guys... don't know what the situation with our goaltending is going to be. Because currently, if you look at our roster right now, uh, De Smith and Jarry are both both injured. Well, but let's see. they should have been returning for playoffs, so I'm hoping that at least one of them does. Let's see. But who knows? Uh, we, we, said, we said before we went on to this, it could go in four, it could go in seven, and that could be either way. Either team could win it in four, either team could win it in oh, seven. Oh, yeah. There's, there's not a... 
guarantee on any score. There's just it's just I think it's too even. Like one team will have the benefit L- X, whereas the other team will have the benefit on Y. So yeah. I just there's going to be that much of a of a balance. Uh, Caps and Bruins. Gref. Caps in six. Joan. Caps in seven. And Tom Wilson getting another five grand fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, New York Rangers. Um, I'm going Bruins in six. I I just think they're hitting the straps at the right time. Um, but a team that didn't bother could take them to overtime like they did last night. So who knows? Andy? Hate to say it, but Bruins in seven. Similar principle in that, actually. I mean, I've said I've I've said caps, but you could have a very similar issue with Washington that Penguins are going to have. You don't have two goalies that have got experience in the playoffs. You've got Samsonov and um, Vanacek. Vanacek. So that could be a big deciding factor. Okay, so we go to the true north, and let's start Toronto, Montreal. Andy. Toronto in five. Griff. Toronto in seven. Joe. I'm with Andy on this. Toronto in five. I feel like this I, is like a countdown moment. I've got to show my answer to prove that I had the. Uh, <laughs> I same. go against, I go completely against the grain. I say Montreal in six. I think this is as much as Toronto has a, as you said, Joe, the chat. I think it's the tie that could be the shocker, as it could be the one that surprises mm-hmm. everyone. You would, we've we've, as well. we've exactly. touched on goaltending all the way through. Carey Price, when he's on form and he's not injured, is with one of the best goalies in the world. But what they also have, and I only meant it today, they have a number of players who know how to win the cup in their lineup. And he's talking the last three or four years. Yeah. So they have some serious experience that could be the key when it comes to them crucial games. Yeah. So, Oilers, Jets. Joe. I was really hoping you weren't going to say me first. Um, Guess what I have. I'm going off the same thing again, and I might be foolish to do it. I'm going off goalies again. I'm going to go Winnipeg in six. Andy? Oilers in six. Griff? Oilers in five. I'm going the same route as Joe. I'm going Jets, but in seven. And I want to say one thing. Winnipeg should be forced to wear white jerseys in every game, including home ones. Just imagine that building. The the white out in Winnipeg. White jerseys. 
Make both teams wear white jerseys like the uh, Nottingham Christmas game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Right, so we go to the Central Division, and the first game is the Hurricanes against the Predators. I'll start this off. Uh, it's going to be Carolina in five. Gref. Carolina in six. Joe? I think Carolina are the most dangerous team in playoffs, and I'm going Carolina in four. Oh. They're getting a sweeping brush out again after um, a few years ago. Mm. Andy? Canes in seven. So we basically have the Canes, but in each and every single permutation. Inevitably, then it is going to be Nashville in (laughs) (laughs) In true to MSR prediction form. (laughs) And then we have uh, the Sunshine Derby, Florida and Tampa. Average 120 penalty minutes a game. Yes. (laughs) The playoffs that we all cry for. Andy, we'll start with you. This will be an absolute barnstormer of a series, this one. You know what I'm going for? I'm, I'm going to say Florida in seven. Joe? Tough one, isn't it? Vasilevsky <laughs> against Bobrovsky. Kucherov and Stamkos are supposed to be returning to the Tampa lineup, but they've not played all... Well, certainly Kucherov haven't played all season. Has Stamkos played it all this year? I think a little bit. Has he not? I think he was injured in last playoffs, weren't he? But then I didn't know if he'd come back and then got injured. Anyway, um, I'm going to say Florida in six. Graf? I'm going to say Florida in seven as well. Looking at season form anyway. I'm I'm going Florida in five. So it's either going to be Florida in four, or it's going to or be Tampa Bay's going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a difficult one to predict that because it depends how quick Kucherov and, and Stamkos hit the ground running. They've not played for so long. If they take ages, then Florida will take it. But if they get straight into it like they can do, it, it could be Tampa's game. It's a difficult one. Okay, and then the final we go to the Wild West, and we start with Vegas and. St. Louis. Is this confirmed? Because they're not confirmed as champions of it yet, are they? So this Sorry, may change. Games, I, think. I mean, it's still worth doing, but it might just be worth doing on the... I don't so think... Let, one game so, let, so let's go on the assumption that it is the Knights. Yeah. Um, um, let's assume they're playing Vegas. St. Louis Blues is, is fourth seed. Um, yeah. So let's just go Vegas. The likelihood is that they still will be the champions of that division. Um, but say it could change. So let's yeah. just go on this. If it changes, we'll if we put these predictions out, we'll change it and we'll tweet say it out or something. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll tweet out a fresh set of predictions, which would be wrong. 
Either way. Uh, so, Joe, Vegas and St. Louis. Vegas in five. Andy? Vegas six. Jeff? Vegas in four. So, did you say four there? Yep. I am with you, mate. I am... Um... There'll be no glory of this year. Vegas in four. It's the only reason I wanted to do it in six or five or whatever I said, so we can have a, at least one Gloria moment. It's been a while. And then Colorado, Minnesota. Andy, as it's your team, we'll start with you. Oh, it's so hard, this one. Because Wilder playing incredible at the minute. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say abs, but in uh, seven. All that for game seven. Jeez. For his own team. He's still, he's still a breath. Yeah, yeah. Griff. You can't say yeah, Buffalo. I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to say innuendo bingo for anyone that has just listened then. And. Abs in five. Oh, you killed me with the innuendo bingo. <laughs> um. One of the many reasons why this podcast is not allowed nice things. Why couldn't we have had that moment in episode 69? <laughs> oh, this is episode 69. Sorry, yes, part yeah, two. part two. Part two is finished. Damn it. <laughs> if you want part two our next time. <laughs> Um, I'm getting the. Uh, say that again, Dave. You cut out then. I don't know if you cut out for everybody else. I said abs in four. Okay. I was also thinking abs in four. Say, so, you know, we didn't mess around. We were just straight to the point there. We know it's going to happen. The fan in the corner is like, mm, don't know. It was it was just it was it was tactical, weren't it? It was so that we couldn't accuse him of being biased and going for his own team. He had to make out there was oh I really don't know about this one. No, that's no, good. Not just that. Ever seen amount of injuries like Colorado have uh, uh, Colorado has right now. You talking to a Pens fan, you preach to the choir, mate. <laughs> 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 Who was injured for Colorado? I haven't seen that. Please don't say um, McKinnon. Bowen Byron, Nathan McKinnon still isn't hundred percent. Uh, do, do, uh, yeah, but to Calvert. point a similar phrase from a, uh, a, a coach that we've referred to previously in this podcast, the 70% Nate McKinnon is better than... <laughs> Calvert's out, Sard's out, uh, quite a few. Logan O'Connor's out, yeah, there's a lot. You've got more than us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just hearing excuses. This is true. It's worse than Buffalo blaming Jack Eichel for uh, not doing anything this year. Amongst many people. Yeah, no comment. I'm blaming <laughs> Taylor Hall. All right. <laughs> Didn't know we had a live scene from Line of Duty there. Are you blaming? Are you blaming Taylor Hall solely on the premise that he's now showing he can actually score goals for a decent team? <laughs> No, if anyone is to blame, it would be Ralph Kruger. Fair enough. 
So that's it there. That's the predictions, guys. We will be completely wrong, and it will be a Nashville Oilers final. Can it be Nashville? No, it can't be. So it'll be. No, it can't be. None of us said penguins. We'll say penguins. No, no, we're not say penguins. Damn it. Good effort, though. You know you'd love to see Sid lift the cup again. No. All I'm saying is it can't be. I'd rather see Zibanejad lift the cup. And I don't want to see that happen. Unless he plays for another team. See Bushnevich lift the cup. Great. I'd love to see him lift the cup. Not for his current team. A Cats Rangers final. Ooh. Can you imagine? That would, that, would, that would require them making the playoffs. Can we, oh, no. can we all just it's agree on the... Well, yeah, this is true. Can we all just agree on the fact that we can't have Washington win the cup because all it'll do is give the Tom Wilson fans more tweets of Wilson lifting the cup as a reason that he can go and drive someone's head into the ice. <laughs> There was a meme going round of destroy uh, a franchise Wilson. and lift the cup. There was a meme going round of, of, of Wilson lifting Panarin. Yeah, yeah, I know. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> all we want is a final that involves Wes McCauley. Correct. I think yes. we can all agree with that. We can all definitely agree with that. Yeah. And confirm. There we go. Brilliant. So we'll we'll add our legal statement in now that we take no responsibility for anybody who puts bets on in relation to our predictions. Motion um. <laughs> carried. The only thing to bet on is that we're wrong. Yep. We also take no uh, responsibility if we are right. <laughs> you bet against us. We got one right. One of us got the Elite Series right. True. So basically, follow Andy. Yeah. This is the way. All right. A little Mandalorian slip in there. Was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the shows are available. Um, I don't. Think... <laughs> <laughs> we got. We got anything else to add to uh, add to that, gents? I think that's that's the last thing that I had written on the agenda. Um, in fairness, the only other thing I can think that we've not fully touched on, we've mentioned it before, but I think it's probably a fitting thing to kind of end the episode on, is to end it on a British hockey note of, well, let's hope that Glasgow can sort this out with a rink. Absolutely. 100%. Um, you know, I, I think particularly, you know, it's a great weekend to go up anyway and watch watching in Glasgow, but you don't want to see any teams drop out of the league anyway. Um, you know, wasn't too long ago we were pushing 12 teams and you know a, a great venue as well that is it is it's a great venue a great fan base it, they're always contentious in terms of they can always push you for a game it's never a game that you go into expecting a win it, it's always a great game when you get when you play the clan as well so and also really really winds up people in the home arenas when they bring their drums absolutely <laughs> So yeah, but, I was going to mention this as well, sir. But uh, I think Glasgow has already lost one arena in the early two thousands. That's how we don't lose another one. Mm. Was it Glasgow? Mm-hmm. More air. Uh, yeah, air. Yeah, sorry, yeah. So it's, let's not, hope, let's it's not that far doesn't... from Glasgow. Um... Sorry, my geography is not fantastic. But let's hope Scotland doesn't lose another another ice rink. So if anybody wants to buy Andy a, a Christmas present. A, a, a map of the UK will be uh, highly sought for. Right, yeah. If ever we've got another uh, face in the crowd, I'm going to pay for Andy just holding like an a, a, an open map. 
I've, I've got my scouting from somewhere as well, so that would be... Oh, brilliant. <laughs> but no, on, on the serious points, it's a great city, great fan base. It's a great place to go and watch hockey. Um, yeah, we hope they, they can get it all sorted and uh, get back to being a competitive team. Um, absolutely. So, yeah, all the best to the guys north the border. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the, the, the best note that we can end this one on, gents. I think you'll all agree. Um, so, on that... Dave, thank you, thank you very much. I've gone less formal on the uh, the outro as I did on the intro. Thank that's you very it, much, sir. More appropriate. No, it's been great. Um, good giggle as ever. Um, good luck to Clements of Coventry and Golf for GB. Um, apologies for that one. Uh, but no, it's good to, good to be back around uh, everyone. Um, thank you to to Andy Griffin and yourself. Um, it's passed on a Tuesday night very well. It has. It has, and we're we're closer to to um, previous recording times as well. I did think that as we were, <laughs> as we were logging and starting, it was a uh, I knew it was a novelty starting the last podcast that we did at like one o'clock or something like one p.m. something like that. It's been a while, but we still can give good lengthy podcasts. Exactly. Um. Anyway, moving on from that, and again the innuendo bingo. Um. <laughs> Andy, thank you very much, sir. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, everyone listening. And uh, I'm I'm quite surprised that we've actually got through this podcast without any any uh, serious tech issues with the weather here. Because I, I thought that someone was throwing rocks at the window. Yeah, I, was thinking I think I think I have. If I'm honest, because it kept freezing every so often. You blinked out a couple of times. I yeah, think. Yeah, I think it's because of that. It wasn't yeah. Too bad. Yeah. And uh, and last but not least, just like Buffalo, um, Greth, Thank you very much, sir. I couldn't mention Buffalo on the intro because I had to mention you nearly winning a Steelers shirt, so it's mentioned on the outro instead. That's perfectly fine. You go out in the first round anyway, but... I, mate, I've said that we will. Join us on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, socially distant, of course, for now. Of course, of course. But yeah, thanks to Dave, to Ander, to yourself, and I think Clements will be great in that. Just like... The Challenge Cup is now the Country Cup as well. Very true, yeah. Oh, God. Professional output. Professional output, boys. This is what we try and put out. Professional something. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> but no, exactly what everybody else said. Thanks, guys. Um, it's been great to get around and talk about hockey again. It's also nice to have some predictions to put forward again. That's been... Uh, almost a novelty it's not something that we've done for a long time so that's been nice to do and uh, thank you to everybody who's listening and anybody who's listened this far i think we're pretty much bang on the two hour mark gents so um yeah thank you very much another episode of my fancy zamboni <laughs>